All right, how's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. Hey. That long note, Dan, it, it reminds me of our trip to the theater we're taking, boys. <laughs> Very operatic uh, vocals right there. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Dan is going to sing his review for opera. Ah, yes. Me and my classically trained operatic vocal cords. Just make sure you don't sing something that brings us bad luck. Ah, uh, yeah, like like Macbeth, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> gotta watch out for that. Apparently. Um, but yeah, we're taking a trip to, uh, I guess, a favorite of some of our uh, hosts on the podcast, Argento, at the opera. I love Argento, at least. Yeah, he's, he's fun. I like his style. When, he, when he's good, he's real good. I agree. I guess we're going to talk about it, but Dan, you picked this one. Tell us about it. I did. So I've been watching some Deep Red the other week, and it got me in the mood for some more Argento films. And I was like, you know, Giallo movies are pretty much Italian slashers, so... Let's let's watch let's watch this one because this seems pretty interesting. I mean, the opera. If you know Dario Argento, seems like the perfect place for him to <laughs> film a movie. So uh, that's why I picked it. But this one is about a young opera singer who is stalked by a deranged fan who's bent on killing the people associated with her. Bum bum bum. The killer. A black-gloved killer. The hand shots continue. But, yeah, we're gonna spoil this one, so you want to get out without spoilers. Watch it first. It's on Tubi, I think, for free. I, I just rented it so I didn't have to watch ads, but it's on Tubi, I'm pretty sure. It's also on YouTube, I noticed. I was looking for an HD version, and I saw it was on YouTube, and I was like, you know... Nah, I'll just rent it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, Amazon only had an SD. Yeah, that made that's why I was looking. I was like, is there any HD versions of this out there that I can rent? And the internet was like, no. I mean, I guess it didn't I didn't think it looked too bad, even with SD. It wasn't that bad, actually. Yeah, but we're gonna get into it. We're going to talk about it, so be warned, spoilers, but what do you guys think of the opera, our trip to the <laughs> opera house? Oh, yeah. You know, I think no matter what we thought, it's always interesting when we do a giallo. I feel like those just have a lot of really nuanced characteristics, love it or hate it. I feel like it brings a lot to talk about. It does. This one especially, I think, has a lot going on. Really? Yeah, I, I think this has some of his better characters compared to his other movies. Because, I mean, Argento is not big on the plot for the most part with his movies, you know? But I think this one, at least the killer and the main girl, they've got a lot going on with them. I'd agree with the main girl, yeah. I I think all the characters are very likable, which is what I really appreciate about this movie. 
they all feel like they're supposed to be there. They all feel like, you know, they've got personalities. Like, there's no weird excuse as to why, like, a, I don't know, let's say, like, a firefighter showed up to this opera and suddenly he's entangled on the, <laughs> like, mystery. It's like, this, everything makes sense why everybody's showing up. I'm sorry. Do you mean, like, a piano player investigating a murder? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say piano player, but I was like, well, maybe they do have that at the opera. I don't know. <laughs> so, I'm a fireman. But... Yeah, I, I do like the characters a lot. I I think, yeah, at least in that aspect, I, I really appreciate it. This one, too, um, with all those characters it has, since they fit really well in this, there's a lot of red herrings on who the killer is, more so than in, like, Deep Red or um, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. So it keeps you guessing more, I thought, anyways, than the other two. I don't know. For me, I thought the characters weren't that great at all in this. I think the idea is great of, you know, the deranged fan, which he had some connection to her mom, too. I thought that was cool, apparently, at the end. But I wish they would have explored that more because it always it all just kind of comes out of left field, I think. Um, the main girl... She kind of just bumbles around for most of this movie, even though people are dying around her, and she doesn't really act like it, in my opinion. So I, I don't know. I wasn't very keen on really any of the characters in this one. I'm kind of with you, Mike. These these Argento characters are kind of middle of the road for me. You know, it's not as bad as I say is bad, in my opinion, as characters as like Inferno. But... Oh. At the same time, it's, <laughs> I don't know, they're, maybe even if they're supposed to be there, they certainly say a lot of things and do a lot of things that makes it seem like maybe they're not supposed to be there. Yeah, the the main girl, her like, I guess, boyfriend, um, dude she's kind of casually hooking up with, um, gets brutally murdered and she kind of barely reacts to it, I think. I don't know, but like we've said, Argento characters aren't super great as a whole anyways that's not why i watch his movies yeah there could be a reason for it though i will give you that although just with the way they do the dialogue in argento movies i i think you're right there's more to it but i don't know if it's presented in a way that's really uh i don't know tactful or conducive well. to a good plot yeah i I'd, I'd agree with you on that one a lot of like the hints are given in like just one line of dialogue throughout most of the film so it makes it real hard to put things together i mean i had to i read a lot of reviews and stuff um after the fact and that's how i was able to like put things together more or less i think there's a lot more going here than what like i thought at first but it's not presented in a way conducive to <laughs> seeing that mm -hmm. i kind of took it like face value and i didn't get really much deeper stuff i guess there's maybe i picked up on like there's a theme of like sex and show business but that was really the only one i got that is a pretty big theme because like um betty the main girl's mom was a big opera star before she died and apparently throughout the movie we come to realize that 
the killer who's stalking Betty was um, killing people for Betty's mom, who was getting sexual pleasure out of watching him, like, torture and kill these people. And Betty walks in on it and sees it, and so she's dealing with a lot of repressed memories of that that is affecting her in real life, even though she doesn't realize it. Yeah, you know, I, honestly, I think the way they present those flashbacks might be one of my biggest gripes with this movie. Really, I mean, it just it comes out of left field every time. Like, it, there's no way to know if it's something happening at the same time as you're seeing in the scene. If it's in the past, who the heck these people in the room are? Uh, and I do think if they tightened up those those flashbacks, it would really help with understanding what the heck is going on and what our main main character's deal is. I'd agree with that, Fox. Because, like, for the entire runtime of this, I was sitting there, like, I had notes. I was like, who the heck are these people that it keeps flashing back to? <laughs> or, like, the entire movie until the very end, then I had to delete my notes and write who all those people were. I, I agree with you on that. It could have been handled better, but I I kind of like too that it's sporadically thrown in there throughout the film because it it kind of ties back to Betty and her mental crisis that she's having throughout this. So it's like she's got these um, repressed memories that come back unbidden um, while she's going through trauma or had a traumatic event. So it's kind of cool that you get to see it like presented that way but i do think that he could have done a better job with the actual presentation of those yeah like i think he gets better at it the first time it happens though it's so weird and doesn't make any sense like uh it's at the opera when that guy's about to make his first kill with the whoever that guy is the bouncer of the opera i don't know who that guy, guy is, he but... puts on the the clothes hanger he <laughs> yeah him on that was sweet but like we get like a we get a weird flashback right before that. And I'm like, wait, wh where are we now? What's going on? And then it like, then we cut back to the opera and it's like, I don't, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense until like, yeah, later, but the rest of the time it's always sets it up with like a cool brain shot or something. And then it's like, Oh, here we are back in the place. But that time I was just, ugh. it felt very a little, uh, clunky, I guess. Wait. So do you like the brain shot? I like the brain shot. Who here likes the brain shot? I don't like the brain shot. I don't get that. <laughs> Why he keeps cutting back to to the brain. That's always the biggest what the heck for me is like, why is her brain like thumping like that? I don't feel like brains are supposed to do that. Was it a brain or a heart? I thought it was the heart because they kept having the heartbeat. But... It was the heart, but then they would show this brain that would jiggle. <laughs> and then they would also like jiggle the camera too and i'm like dude what are you doing stop that yeah that's that's right i've repressed the brain section <laughs> <laughs> just it's like this is a flashback that's what i always think like, okay so either she's psychic and seeing in the future or it's like a flashback i was kind of hoping she was psychic i've seen this before but i totally forgotten about a lot of it but yeah like and, and a lot of like you were saying terry it does feel kind of clunky because a lot of these like flashbacks aren't even like what she saw. It's like 
doing a POV of the killer walking down to the the torture sex dungeon or whatever for like 30 seconds or the the killer like kidnapping somebody. It does feel a bit clunky. I think maybe maybe if he just kept them like obviously flashbacks for Betty to what she saw, maybe that would have tightened it up more and made it not as clunky and confusing. Yeah, I wish they were tightened up. That was one of my criticisms, too. I was like, man, what's up with these brain shots? <laughs> Come on. How often do you see a brain? It's awesome. I mean, it's kind of cool, but if it didn't like lead up to it so hard every time like, every time like, <laughs> it's very boom, dramatic boom. yeah <laughs> and it does it for like a 45 second build up to the brain jiggle shot <laughs> then flashback yeah it's pretty funny it's just ridiculousness too and i kind of like that's what i do like that about argento he does just weird stuff sometimes and it's like okay we're doing brain stuff i haven't seen him do brain stuff before you know that is fair i, I am always curious yeah what the heck he's gonna do mm-hmm like, in this one, he surprised me with some metal during the kill scenes. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Some, like, Iron Maiden kind of uh, riffs going on there. And I was like, you know, I like this song, but I don't think it really fits here. <laughs> but I mean, I might be wrong, but isn't it Iron Maiden and Phenomena? Yeah, it is. I think maybe Goblin broke up at this point. But, like, I think he's, like, trying to capture that vibe. Like, Goblin always brought with the, like, rock and roll and stuff. And the funky bass. But, okay, so I did not like it that much the first time I watched it. In some points, I still don't like it. Like, when she's, like, walking outside and it's, like, a crazy metal song, that doesn't make any sense to me. But, like, the first kill when he, like, the guy gets, like, stabbed in the knife and the metal kicks in. Like, it's kind of dumb, but I just had, like, a big goofy smile on my face because I was like, this is just so insane. Like, because the whole rest of the soundtrack's like opera and stuff like that. And then it's like this crazy <laughs> Bruce Dickinson style Iron Maiden metal. Yeah, it's it's very much a contrast to what we're seeing visually, too. Because they build up to that death in a certain way, and then it just goes to metal. It it it, it feels weird. <laughs> it has grown on me, though. I get where you're coming from, TV. I feel like, you know, in film school, they would be like, whatever you do, don't put a metal song <laughs> in an opera-themed, like, movie. Like, just use some creepy opera. But Argento's like, no, 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 no. I have a formula here. Yeah. We're not going by the book. I know there was a book. I do what I want. I hired a rock band to do all my other scores. I'll just do it here, too. <laughs> exactly. I don't, yeah, it has grown on me, but I recognize it may not be, I hate to say, yeah, objectively a good choice, but it's a strange choice. It's hit or miss. Yeah, it's gonna, your mileage will vary, I think, on that. I think it's because, like, it's an actual, like, track with lyrics and somebody singing the yeah. metal over it because i mean in all the other goblin collabs they don't sing it's just instrumental and i think that that helps out a lot with making it fit but as soon as you add like that singer and it's a recognizable rock track you know that that, that takes away from it a bit it like turns into a music video yes always uh makes me think of annihilators alice in hell video every time uh, he does yeah. that <laughs> yeah i would have preferred them sticking with opera music the whole time because that always fit in when he used it 
I do like the opera. You know, I, I've only been to one opera and it was like a collegiate one. I'm, I'm not much of an opera guy, but this movie, every time I see it, kind of makes me want to go to the opera. I will say, I, I do enjoy the music outside of the metal quite a bit. Same, yeah. I'm, I don't go to many operas either, but it's like, wow. If it's like this cool, maybe I should go. Maybe I'm an opera guy. I don't know. The music was fine for me. I I don't know much about opera at all. But what I liked about those opera scenes was the stage sets and just all the shots of the opera crowd, the opera house. Ooh, it looked so cool. My visual moment is on IMDb if you go look at the the opera stage where it kind of has like that face in the background. Ooh, that's my visual moment. So I liked all that stuff. Yeah, those sets were nuts. Like, <laughs> I want to go see this specific opera. Like, it looks so cool. Mm-hmm. And the, the costume design is insane. And he did something I found very interesting with those opera scenes was he kept cutting to the backstage stuff going on. And that was very realistic to how I've seen that stuff go down. I haven't seen opera, but I've seen like stage productions in the the back room. And it's craziness and nuts back there. Yeah, some behind the scenes. I like that. Yeah. How frantic everybody is to get everything right. It looks cool up front, but a lot of people behind the stage frantically screaming at each other or whispering, I guess. I kind of felt like he was going to have the story take place during that opera. Like, the dude shows up and is just killing people back there while the, the production's going on. Oh, that's a good idea. I'm very disappointed that it did not do that. Maybe that's what jaded me, but... That is a good idea. I like that. I would, it would have been cool to keep it contained to the opera production or something like that. That's where I'm most invested. Whenever they, like, leave that opera house, I'm kind of... Some parts I still like, but I'm not as quite as, like enthralled with what's going on i guess it's, it's just such a cool setting like it's really you're right dan like perfect for argento like <laughs> set in an opera like yeah that's a great idea perhaps it's intentional terry betty only feels great and safe when she's at the opera and when she's not there everything's drab and dreary and boring <laughs> yeah maybe until she starts getting chased by a killer but yeah you know I mean? yeah 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 you know, I do really like the uh, like the actual stage setup of the opera, and I think it's kind of funny. You know, we've got um, our director of this opera, who's kind of a, a side character, and I don't really know if he's a sexual love interest or just a mentor or what to our main character. That's kind of convoluted, but um, he's a horror movie guy. Like, he does, like, bad slashers, <laughs> typically, and he's he's attempting to do Macbeth here, you know, a classic Shakespearean story. And I, so I guess Argento has said that he based this guy on himself. And when they're up there doing Macbeth, you know, this classic English medieval horror drama, they've got like World War One stuff. They've got guns. There's like steel girders. Like this dude's just going off the rails, yeah. doing whatever he feels like, like just like Argento would. It's such like a funny almost nod to himself. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I was very confused, too, and because they, they don't, like, set that up, really. 
you just they start doing the opera and then <laughs> you see all these guys walking around in their their platoon outfits and i was like huh <laughs> like why does lady Macbeth have like a nine millimeter what's she doing yeah. with that thing <laughs> yeah yeah the 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 reviews are talking about it and i was like ah he's just doing his own thing with Macbeth. i want to talk about the kills boys I'm just so glad we finally got some cool slasher kills in this series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I loved the needles on the island. Like, it obviously it's very uncomfortable. But, yeah, what a cool idea I hadn't seen before. Ugh, that was so tense. Yeah, because uh, that's so close to her eye. Man, yeah, it just, like, makes her eyelids bleed. She can't blink. Ugh. I don't know how she did it. I, w I tried not to blink one time, and I, I definitely <laughs> blinked. I'll admit it. But that, and I liked all the, um, like, killer hand shots and stuff. Like, he had some, like, metallic-looking gloves on or something. You know, Argento's always about his hand shots in these movies. And I, I liked these hand shots the best, which feels weird to say, but <laughs> it, it was well done. Yeah, that, that is a lot to talk about with all the kills and like stuff in this i did i i'm like you i really like the whole eyes with the needles thing that that was really cool and it relates back really well to like what's going on in the story especially like when it does the pov and it's like she's behind bars because she's trapped and she's being forced to watch because the the killer's trying to awaken her um repressed memories from her mom and see if she's gonna like start getting off on that too uh it just it's such a good idea that works on so many levels with the story and what's going on is that was <laughs> it was really cool and then like yeah all the actual kills too man he he stabs a dude through the throat with the knife and you see the blade come in his mouth oh, oh yeah <laughs> That was gnarly. And then, of course, the bullet through the peephole was awesome. <laughs> what a cool way to do that. That was so awesome. <laughs> yep, I love that. That was really cool. Man, just the way that he, like, yeah, set it up. You see, like, the bullet go into the chamber and just come flying out. Oh, it's such a tense moment when, like, the lady, she's like, wait, I know you. No, don't show me the gun. Bring your face back. And we know, we're like, oh, no, no, lady, he's not showing you he's a cop. Oh, no. Yeah, that, that whole scene was great. Just because you don't know the entire time until then who's who. Like, if it's the policeman or the um, the killer. And then it culminates with that awesome kill. Oh, man. <laughs> that, was, that was great. That was an awesome part in this movie <laughs> the other one that made me cringe was when he was like stabbing like the scissors on that lady's teeth oh yeah you can hear the scissors hit the teeth the clinking sound yeah jeez i hate that <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think about i guess the final kill of the guy where the army of people came running down the hill oh like in the fields yeah did didn't she kill him or whatever uh she just whacked him just incapacitated him oh he didn't die yeah uh, so i guess that's not a kill but i found that scene very weird 
That whole ending was very strange, yeah. She, like, releases the lizard. <laughs> what was that? Because she wants to be free. Like Dan said, she's behind bars. She's trapped, and she she just wants to be free. She doesn't want any men and their weird sex obsessions. She just wants to be left alone to do what's natural, which is sing. I feel like the movie got that taken care of without the last ending cheesy scene, but... <laughs> Maybe that's just me. His distributors did want him to cut that end, and he wouldn't do it, apparently. He was super <laughs> adamant that they keep that end. That's amazing. I think I even saw, like, what was it? Maybe not about the end, but, like, Germany wanted to cut, like, 20-some minutes out, and they'd already had ads for the theatrical release, and he was like, no, nothing can go. We're going straight to VHS. Screw you guys. Even after they'd had the theater commercials. And I agree, 20 minutes could have been cut. It is weird, because, like, a lot of his stuff just ends. Suspiria ends with the, the thing just burning down, and she runs out, and then it's like, roll the credits. Yeah, that's how this one should have ended, too. They were burning the place down, and then she, like, walks away, and that's the end. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought it was going to end, and then it, it just keeps going. And it's such, like... I, I, I'm mixed on that ending. I like it it's really weird. Like it does feel tacked on, but I I kinda like too that she like snaps at the very end and just goes nuts and starts rolling in the grass looking and playing <laughs> with the bugs and the lizards. <laughs> it fits with her character, like she's been repressing all this horrible crap and then Literally everybody around her that, like, is close to her is dead because this guy has killed them all. And so she just snaps at the end. But it was handled so weird, kind of like those flashbacks and stuff. The way it was, like, handled could have been done a lot better. I guess I didn't get the vibe she snapped. I thought she was just, like, incredibly happy that everything was over now. That's what I thought, too, is she's just, she's free of all of these things, finally. That could be it, too. I do really feel like it kind of ruins the killer and his motivations and character, though. Because his whole thing is, or at least they, they kind of set it up to where his thing is, you know, her mother was this horrible sadist, and he's this sad masochist weirdo. But then, and he's like, you know, kill me, kill me, it's the ultimate masochist thing for me. But then they're like, nope, it was all a ploy. He came in there and did that just so he could have more time to escape because he came in there and did that. Like, it, it, to me, it doesn't make any sense for the killer and the way he's operated throughout the rest of the movie. Well, let, let, let me hit you with my interpretation of that real quick, too. I don't think he is a masochist and I don't think he enjoys killing. Um, because he has a couple lines when, like, he's talking to Betty at the very end, where he's talking like he doesn't like pain and doesn't like hurting people like that. But the mom may basically drove him to kill her. I think he's just doing all this because he really wants to, wanted to get with her mom, and the mom's like, "Do all this for me," but she never like reciprocated the love. So he got fed up with it and killed her, and then he's, like, guilty. So he's trying to repeat the process with her daughter, Betty, to make it work correctly this time. I guess it's just his escape plan that throws me, right? Like, he, he breaks into the opera, 
to do this weird thing where he's like, I'm going to have you shoot me. But then it's all a big fake out. And on the news afterwards, they're like, he did a fake out in order to have time to escape. But I'm like, he only did this whole operation because he chose to go there. Like, it doesn't make any sense that the operation was to give him time to escape when he went there to do it. Not that we should be logicking slashers to death, but <laughs> to me, it just seems like a huge gap in logic that he would go there to be like, shoot me, only to be doing the whole shoot me, I'm going to burn myself thing to get more time to leave. Yeah, I wish they would have explored the dynamic between uh, Betty and the killer more because I was so confused on what this guy's motivations were. I didn't get it until even at the end, I thought it was I was kind of confused when he was talking about the mom i think they they save a lot of it just right up until the end and i don't i wish they would have yeah taken more time to set up betty and her mom's relationship maybe because she says something at the end that she doesn't want to be like her mom i'm nothing like my mom you know like if that had been like a recurring thing people are still comparing her to her mom all that stuff you know stuff like that i think would have really helped like to build up to the the twist ending that it was her mom was a crazy person having this guy kill for her like it just all comes it really feels like it comes out of nowhere i mean yeah it's hard to predict that kind of thing there's no setup or building up of the relationship at all the cop doesn't even really hang out with her that often um who, who is the killer the cop guy i agree like i think the first time he uh ties her up and does the needle thing he says something to her directly he says you Something like, you like this, don't you? Or something like that as he, like, kills the guy. Yeah, something about being in heat over it, which would make sense if it was the mom. And that's, like, the only thing he actually says to her until the end. So I think if, like you were saying, Terry, if they would have spread all that stuff at the end out more throughout the film, like, whenever he, he ties her up and stuff, like have her have him say something else to her that like gives you a little bit of a clue as to what happened in the past. A conversation would have been good, yeah. Because he talks a lot, uh, a lot more than the killers do in the other ones I've seen of his. <laughs> so, like I said, I think the ideas, like in the characters, are pretty good in this, at least for the the killer and Betty. But the way he handled it leaves much to be desired. It could have been presented in a better way. Yeah, I agree. I like. I love that idea. I think that idea is really interesting. Yeah, with the psycho mom and this crazy guy willing to go through with it. Like that's a good idea. It's just yeah, that's just the classic Argento. He doesn't want to take the time to like explore it at all. You know, he just was like, yeah, hey, I'll just tell him at the end what's going on, and that that'll be enough. It's like no. It could have been better, though. Yeah, I don't want to know more. I can hear him in the writing room saying that, nah, 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 we just tell him at the end. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> what are you questioning? I tell you right here. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a shame, too, because, I mean, I mean, I love Deep Red. I won't spoil it, but the, the killer in that, I mean, it's not really, that's not that great of a thing, really. And then this one, like, it's so, like, tightly knit with the main character and the opera and everything going on in her life it's it's so much better it's such a better idea than like in deep red or even bird with the crystal plumage you know it's just i wish it was presented better <laughs> you know 
He he gets so close to like it being so awesome. Yeah, that's what makes it more frustrating for me. It's just like, oh, you were you could have done something like this could have been your best movie, really. Like, oh man. I'll agree with that. Yeah. I think it could have been because the story like Suspiria, I think, is his best one. Um, but like like we said when we reviewed that, the story's pretty light in that one and it gets away with it. But this one, the story has a lot more going on and if he was able to hit like deep red level and then have this story in there presented well yeah i think it would have been his best definitely i agree because yeah that idea is so cool i didn't even really catch on to it until you said it dan so well i i didn't (laughs) i didn't quite catch on either i like i said i did some research to look up those lines and stuff to see what other people thought. And I'm pretty sure this is what he had intended. (laughs) Yeah, I I think so too, because I just started thinking. I think it's cool because he watches her performance at the opera, but then he like forces her to watch his performance, which sounds weird. It's a weird idea and it's it's cool. I just wish they would have presented that dynamic better. Yeah, tightened it up. I hadn't even thought of that. That's a, I like that. That's good. That whole just eye thing is so good. Like that ties in perfectly with everything in the um the film and the story and the characters. It's great. E- even though like the story wasn't presented as well as I would have liked, I still enjoyed what we got with it cuz it kept me guessing. Like like you said at the start Terry, with all the different characters that are feel like they're supposed to be there for once, uh, <laughs> it, it keeps me guessing at who the killer is because there's a lot of people that could have uh, motives for wanting to do this, right? And then, like, every time the killer did interact with Betty, it left me wondering, it's like, why is he doing this? Like, there's something going on here that I'm not, I'm not sure of what's happening yet. Yep. I'd agree. I think, yeah, just the fact that everybody, I don't know, there's a lot of characters and for me, I like them, you know, they they all, there's a few of them that actually have motives like the, I feel like, you know, the director's kind of a weirdo, the, there's that uh, actress who like got hit by a car and is jealous. Like there's a lot of stuff they could have done. It always kind of almost bums me out. I mean, cause I do like all these things you're saying, but like, as we said earlier, there's like so much potential to like be even better right like to mean for this to be his best work and i think that's like the tragedy of argento right is this this is like a later work from him like we've been referencing stuff like crystal plumage and you know like in suspiria like all this stuff was in the 70s this is like a decade to almost two decades after some of his other big movies he's had so much time to learn and grow but like no no there's like a very almost intentional way this movie goes about what it does like this is what he wants <laughs> i don't know as he, he i feel like he's the kind of guy who does make what he likes like you said he's refusing to uh you know change his ways when the, the, everybody else is like hey let's cut out some stuff he's like no no like i can respect that but yeah he goes like sometimes. deeper even he keeps going down the rabbit hole as the years <laughs> go by i feel like you know like even phenomena came out a year before this oh yeah this is such a good comeback for him like honestly even though i it's not my favorite of his but like 
Some of those other movies that in between his classics and this one, I don't know. Some people probably consider those others classics, but I don't like some of his stuff quite a bit. And this is like, wow, finally we're back. At least we get a hint of like the great Argento. The visuals are back. You know, there's like, he seems like he's kind of sort of learned things about characters. Um, you know, and some of that stuff falls through, but like, yeah, I don't know. I, I still like it. And I, I can appreciate it because, you know, this did come after a chain of a couple stinkers, at least in my eyes. <laughs> Which ones? Uh, Phenomenon. I think uh, Inferno was before this as well. Yeah, Inferno was like 80. I feel like that's like maybe his worst one, personally. <laughs> yeah, isn't that supposed to be the worst? I, I can't even make sense of it. It is It is nonsensical, I think. I will say, I, I love the visuals in this movie. I think it's really well shot. There's a lot of cool like perspective shots. Like it's, even at the beginning when we get like this perspective of the the original like actress who was supposed to be in the opera before she gets hit by the car. Like as she's like walking out of the theater. That's just such a cool shot and it goes on forever and it's just from her perspective, but it's really good. I I love how it just opens to the the awesome opera music and then just this crow just or raven just sitting there cawing through it and it's like you kind of get what the what the singer was saying, even though she handled that extremely poorly. That crow was so <laughs> loud, yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. And then, yeah, that POV, not even POV the whole time, really, because unless she's walking backwards, it's, it's so cool. Yeah, there's a lot of cool shots like that. I mean, like the shot of like the, the crow's eyes, like up close, so awesome. I did like all the birds in this. We got to talk about these birds, man. The the shots of them were awesome, yeah. And the they sounded so good. This movie sounds amazing. But why did they attack the killer at the end? Because he killed them. You never mess with the crow, Mike. Never mess with a crow. Because they remember human beings' faces, and they will torment you if you've like messed with one. And they'll come after you. They'll remember you. They'll follow you around and they will get you. Yeah. Like, don't mess with them. They're too smart. These birds. Um, yeah. Let's just say you don't mess with them because they can use tools. They like speak in dialects. They have accents from different regions. It's suspicious. These birds Basically are. Basically dolphins with wings. Yes. They're like in my long list of animals that could potentially rise up and take us over. Crows are up there, <laughs> man. I'm just saying. Got to watch out for those guys. That's amazing. Okay, I changed my mind. I love <laughs> the crows in this movie. I love that twist that the crows just go after that guy. I was like, finally some justice, because that's really brutal, that scene where that guy's killing crows. And I'm slightly worried that they might have actually like hurt some at crows in this movie. I, I don't think they... I, I could be wrong. I don't think they did, because they'd always like cut before like throwing something. Or I'd assume was the fake crow on the ground. I, I saw one get whacked pretty hard, it looked like to me, but maybe that was, I don't know. I, I mean, I, he did stick a pin through a lizard in deep red. Yeah, so. that's, <laughs> I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I, some of those crows looked a little realistic, but who knows. I guess I saw in the trivia that they started with like 140 crows at the beginning of production and then ended with about 70 not because they died, but because they'd be <laughs> filming and the crows would just leave and never come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that scene uh, when they crashed the crows through the window, 
Like, and then they just start going around and it does the POV of the crow flying through the audience. That was nuts. Just how he filmed that was crazy. You know, this 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 murder of crows, uh-huh, is like basically a, a character on their own. And I do love that about them, how involved they are. Mm, so cool. Such a neat use of, and hopefully humane use of animals in a film. <laughs> oh boy. You know, I guess we've probably talked about it on previous Argento reviews, but how do you guys feel, you know, just to revisit in case any of our listeners have missed those, how how do you guys feel about the dubbing of the English lines? I mean, it appears the actors are speaking English, but then, you know, Argento likes to re-dub all the dialogue. It was fine sometimes in this, and then other times it was pretty bad, but I mean... That's just the style they do in Italian movies. So, I mean, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly has the same thing, issues. And that's like a phenomenal film. So, I don't give it, I won't give it too much crap because of that. But I think for the most part, it was, it was fine. <laughs> yeah. I've just come to accept that as kind of like his style. Like, that's just what I'm going to get with Argento. With most giallos, that's how it is. So, it's almost like part of the genre itself that I'm, I just, I kind of like it even. Like, it just feels like normal to me, I guess, for these kind of movies. It's not my favorite in this one, just because compared to some of the other ones, like Deep Red, Suspiria, Crystal Plumage, they're also, you know, I mean, they're, they are that classic giallo, yellowed, paperback, slasher, crummy novel kind of thing where you almost don't care. And this one kind of tackles some hefty themes, though. Some deep stuff. And it almost kind of loses some impact, because I feel like I'm listening to, like, a, a Google Translate meme sometimes, almost, in this one in particular. But that might just be me on opera. I don't know why I'm so critical of this one compared to his other works. Maybe it's that frustration you mentioned, TV. It's just, like, so close to the sun. So close. Hmm... So anybody got anything else then? Are we ready for some overall presentation? I'm ready. So we got a scale we use to rate these movies. It goes from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it in that order. We're all going to give a little mini summary of what we think, and then we're going to see where things land. Will this uh, opera get raving reviews, or will it uh, be a little bit out of tune? Hmm. But... You know, speaking of operas, you know, I went to that one opera, like I said, back in uh, college, um, and it, it was pretty good. And I remember seeing a, a certain man in the crowd, a very mysterious man with black gloves, just watching. And I was like, this guy, he looks suspicious, but, you know, he's minding his own business. But then I saw him go on backstage. He, he'd, he'd sat down at a table, and there was... A group of people with microphones all gathered around. And he's like, I have to do this every time. I have to go first for the others. I just have to do it. I'm compelled. And then I was like, who are you? And I ripped off his big trench coat and his hat. And it was Mike. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've been found out. <laughs> so, you know, no need to hide it, Mike. You can just go first for fun. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. Um, you know, this movie, the more we've talked about it, the more I've definitely liked it than the first time I watched it. I didn't pick up on a lot of the cool stuff until 
you told me about your research, Dan. And now I love the idea of this movie. It's so crazy and cool. But yeah, it just doesn't quite get there for me. I wish they would have explored the dynamic of Betty and the mass killer some more. Because that's really, really cool. But yeah, this movie, I'm going to have to give it a watch it. Because that idea is so cool. But yeah, it just doesn't quite get there. No, I don't think you're wrong at all, Mike. Uh, you know, I, as we've kind of stated, I, I feel like this movie has the potential, or it had, I guess, you know, it's been, geez, a lot of years, had the potential to be, you know, his greatest work, his masterpiece. And I love the idea of it, but in execution, it unfortunately falls a little short. You know, I, I've always kind of thought of Argento as sort of a, a really, not even sort of, really self-indulgent director it seems like you know you, you hear interviews about a lot of his older works that we kind of consider his top tier stuff and he's like man i wish i could have done that better i'd go back and redo that and then you have movies like this or even like phenomena where he's like this is the best this is great i love it i'm proud of this work he's got a very specific thing he wants to make you know and either you love what he does you hate what he does you know you gotta love what he loves, I think. But that said, he's got talent, and he's a great director, and I love a lot of his older works, especially. As Dan said, Giallo is just basically Italian slasher, and it's not wrong. It has some of the best kills, I think. It it almost spoils you, you know? This is, like, the level of bizarre gruesomeness I want from, like, American slashers, like Friday the 13th. Like, come on. There is some weird stuff we have seen in these movies. You know, I, I'm going to give this one a watch. It is it is rare, despite my criticisms, that I would give any Argento movie a pass. I mean, I don't know. I think for the most part, even the bad ones are generally worth at least one watch, if only because they're kind of, in my opinion, a historical kind of a film landmark almost. There's just a level of weirdness and no holds barred that I don't think you see in a lot of other places, even in the 80s, so... Give opera a watch. It's 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 a heck of a romp. Yeah, I mean, despite all this movie's flaws, uh, I I do like it. It's not perfect. It it gets so close to perfection, but it's not. It doesn't. It, it kind of falls flat. And you know, I would be madder about it, but I think a lot of Argento's strengths are still on point here with like the visuals. The some of the kills are just really cool and creative. Um and. Yeah, probably a little indulgent, like Fox was saying. But, hey, it's what Argento likes to do. He does the same thing in every movie with these dang gloved killers walking around. Even in a movie about witches, he manages to, like, throw that in there. It, it It's something, like, it's a style that's worked for him in the past, and it usually works for him, for, or it usually works for me, at least, very well. Um, And I, I like it. Like, it's a good, I think it's a good movie. I don't think it's great. I think it's a lot of style. You know, there is actually some interesting stuff like like plot wise too which is cool it's just uh it is really frustrating that he doesn't want to focus on that is what it feels like he kind of just wants to sh tell you what happens at the end a little bit um but i'm gonna give it a watch it as well i, I liked it actually even better than i did the last time i watched it um so it, it's improved for me i think now that i'm more willing to just accept it um and i know what's coming it's not quite as frustrating for me but yeah i'll give it a watch it yeah, this movie's a lot like the in-movie play um, being put on, where you've got 
the awesome star Betty who's doing a great job and everyone's like, yeah, this is awesome. You're awesome in this play, right? But then they don't really care for the director's take on Macbeth. I think that feels a lot like this movie, to me at least. There's a lot of awesome ideas in this. And of course, Argento's great with his visuals and his um, cinematography. Uh, as always, I mean, he's superb with that. It's always a blast watching one of his movies to see what he does next um, and what crazy locations or crazy kills he comes up with. He's always good at that. But this one, I think he tried a bit more with the story, and I do appreciate it because it's a lot better than <laughs> most of his other movies. Um, and it's really cool. It's well thought out, has a lot of cool um, moments in the movie um, that relate to it. I just think it, it could have been presented better. But yeah, other than that, I enjoyed this quite a bit. It's a mixed bag, but I think just for the ideas alone, I'd, I'd give this a buy. I, I ended up liking it a lot more than I thought. I would, um, which is a testament to the good ideas he has in this, even if they're not explored as well as I would have liked. They're still there, and you can still uncover them, um, and I, I, I give him credit for that. Nice. Well, there you have it. We've been to the opera, boys. We have, finally. You know, we're a lot more cultured because of it, too. Oh, yeah. A newfound appreciation of crows. It's like, take this as a PSA. Just don't mess with them, guys, really. Just, you know, be nice. But, you know, guys, I do have a question for you. Hello. Do you want to play a game? Did you hear that? <laughs> I think I may have heard some of it that time. <laughs> I heard a click, but I did not hear anything else. I didn't hear anything, but I'm saying yes. You know what the question is, do you want to play a game? <laughs> As per Jigsaw, in this month of Halloween, we will be playing a game. As mandated by that guy himself, Jigsaw, our old friend. <laughs> in honor of Jigsaw's, I think Dan said last episode, or was it episode before, whatever it was. It's all for you, baby, but uh, <laughs> this is basically going to be another draft like we did last time, uh, except for instead of the... The scariest horror villains of cinema, or whatever that Franker list was. We're going to be doing horror films in general. Best horror movies of all time. And we're going to be going up to 15, just like last time as well. Ranked by who? I'm not saying. I'll, I'll, I'll reveal it at the end, Who whose list this is. But um, the answer might shock you. So it's not the Run the Real Top 15. <laughs> no. Ooh, that'd be fun to do. <laughs> if we like had like a number system, that would actually work pretty well. But we'll use this uh, mysterious sites list for now. Um, and I think we'll go. We'll start with Mike again, since we've been all the way around. Yes, we must do it. Best horror movies of all time. This is a list of 200, but we're only doing the top 15, by the way, so. I'm going to have to go with The Shining. That's got to be on there. Oh, boy. Well, I hate to break it to you, but. Is it not? 
Not in the top 15. Not that's in the for top sure. 15. Mm. That's incorrect. No points. All right, Fox, what you got? Well, if this is the same uh, organization that did the rankings for our last one, I feel like I'm going to have to say they think Silence of the Lambs is up there. In the top 15? No, no. Really? No. This is not going well, guys. What the <laughs> heck? <laughs> Something is afoot. I'm a I'm a bring it back with the old Dan bread and butter, the Exorcist <laughs> baby. I like the confidence, Dan, but no, it's not on here. <laughs> if that's right, not this, number this, one, then this isn't a real list. This ain't a real horror <laughs> list. Come on, this is the best horror films of all time. A ho- bet. That is, that's like number two. <laughs> that's like penultimate. I mean, not even as a horror film, but as a film. Jeez. Now I want to know who did it so I can send him an angry. Yeah. <laughs> Get ready, whoever you are. All right. All right. Mike, what you got? I'm going hereditary. Finally, we have a winner. At number 15, the very last one on the list. At number 15. <laughs> I've done it. I've made it, it to the list. He's, he's, Mike has hit the dartboard on the fringes, but he made it. So uh, I'll explain the point system. I don't think I did. The, the The first five movies are three points. The next five are two points, and the last uh, five are three. Wait, you know what I mean. Now, you'll get more points for the higher up on the list you get. And Mike, you got the bottom, so you get one point. Oh, yeah. Scoreboard. I promise you, you've all heard of these movies, by the way. Kind of bummed now. Hereditary's like my favorite ever. I mean, I'm glad it's there, but I assume because I loved it, it wouldn't be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Here, I'm, I'm going to take it back. Take it back to like, um, like, 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 like junior high here. Movies we used to talk about. I'm gonna go with The Hills Have Eyes. Nope. There are no eyes on this one on this list. At least not on the top 15. Alright. Nightmare on Elm Street's on there. I know it is. Nope. What? What? (laughs) What kind of list is this? (laughs) I think you guys are thinking it's on a different site than it actually is. I think that might help your mindset a bit. I was just thinking it was the best list of, like, horror movies. That was all. I mean, we've already named, like, a whole bunch of the top 15, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) This might take a lot longer than I thought it would. You know what? This is it is it's a mix of a lot of things in this fifteen. I will say there's a lot of old stuff. There's a lot of kind of in, well, there's not actually even that many in the middle stuff. And then there's some more recent stuff. Oh no! Is there a lot? Is there new stuff on there? Oh, there's oh, some no. new stuff on here. So, <laughs> ew! I'm I'm next, right? I've got one. Yep, Mike, you're next. Paranormal Activity. Good guess, but no, no. Oh, thank. God, that's not <laughs> that movie sucks. I oh love that goodness. movie. I hate that movie. <laughs> not in the top fifteen, at least. All right, Fox. All right. Well, since uh, hmm, how could I not? I mean, how could I not say The Conjuring? I guess. I mean, come on. No, no, not on there. Wow. So it's not even the new <laughs> stuff. It's just random stuff. 
<laughs> Terry's got us a real, a real stumped here. Oh man, man, I'm about to start giving the hints. This is gonna take forever. I feel like we're just arbitrarily throwing out movie titles now. <laughs> All right, Halloween. <laughs> what kind of list is this? Not on there. You're giving me lots of good movies, but they're not on the top 15. They're probably on this list, but they're not in the <laughs> top like 15. It's like the top 15 most mediocre horror films ever. Come on. The penultimate slasher's not on there. Oh. We need hints, TV. All right, I'll start giving hints this time. Okay, we got 14 movies left on this list. That's um, a lot of hints. Maybe give us like the low tier. Start with the low tier. I'll give some broad hints, yeah, for the low tier. Um, so you've got Hereditary already, which was number fifteen. Um, let's say there's some, there's a couple really old movies on here. Oh, there's a couple that I really like personally, and I know for sure one that we all like. And then there's a uh, one that had some controversy within the group. I feel like. Mm. I've got to guess. Rosemary's Baby. Nope, not on there. Oh Dang my it. God. <laughs> That's a good guess. That's a good I can't guess. figure out the list. I'm going to snag it before somebody else does. Psycho. <gasps> Fox got the number one movie on the list. What? I thought you were giving <laughs> us low tier. You said really old. Yeah, I meant really old. Are you telling me there's stuff even older than Psycho in here? <laughs> I meant really old. That's all I'll say. Wow. About that. Fair enough. Okay. That's three points for Fox. He's in the lead. I'm going for Nosferatu then, if you're saying real old. Ooh, number seven on the list Nosferatu. <laughs> That's two points for Dan. There we go. We're getting some momentum here now. Man, I have no idea. <laughs> oh, dang. Nobody has guessed any of the movies I just gave hints about, by the way. <laughs> really? Nosferatu wasn't the really old one? That's in the middle. I was going for the last, like, four movies on the list with my I hints. see. I <laughs> see. You know, I, I disagree, but I respect the decision to put Psycho as number one. Yeah, I can accept it. It's a good movie. It really is. I don't know if I can respect Top All Time. It's like saying that Chuck Berry was the best guitarist because he recorded a popular blues song first. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> Good point. Is Jacob's Ladder on that list? Not in the top 15. Dang. All right, Fox. Got something? Um, You know, I'm running thin on old stuff, but one of my last ones is Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. <gasps> oh, my God. Number three on the list. How much? The, the cabin. So what, what the heck is the Caligari. old one? <laughs> I'm so confused. Oh my god! Great movie. I will admit, I like that one quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, it's one of the better ones. I don't like it enough to put it on my personal number three, but no, it's good. I'm gonna go for broke on this because I know some people think it's pretty spooky, but I don't think it's technically a horror movie. I'm gonna go with M from Fritz Lang. Hmm. No. No. This is a good guess, and that's a good line of thinking for a couple of these. Oh man. Okay. There's, I would say, two on this list that are definitely classics, but they're not the scariest thing ever maybe for the time i guess but 
Mm, have I seen these movies? Can I ask that? Uh, I think you've all heard of these all these movies. We've yes. heard of them. Okay. Yep. Probably seen them. I would guess most of these. Is Metropolis considered a horror movie? Is that on this list? Mm, is that your guess? Yeah. No, it's not on there. <laughs> Dang it. I can't get any of them. I guess in that line of thinking, I'm going to throw out Red Dragon. Nope, nope, nope. (sighs) Let's try my guess from a previous episode. Dracula. Oh, like the 90s? Nah, the old ones. I'm going back to the old black and white. That's That's a good guess, but no. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. That's a. I'm gonna give some more hints because this is my. Yeah, this is taking a little bit. Um, this is it's fair. This is a mixed bag. There's a lot of like different movies from different eras. Um, uh, let's say I'm gonna just go down the list and give like a hint for each one. Okay. Oh, all of them. For the top, the ones you haven't guessed yet. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. This is a movie based off a popular old book. This is a movie we. I think also on theaters together. This is a movie I think uh, at least me, Mike, and Fox watched in our apartment together. Um, this is a sequel to the movie that's based off a book, a really old book. Um, this is the movie with the a little... Um, there was an outlier amongst raving reviews when we reviewed it. Oh, God, that There's was probably one me. that... Is pretty modern and just had a sequel, I think, this year. Was it last year? There's one by one of the most famous directors of all time on here. Uh, I don't know. I guess that's a good enough hint for now. Um, there's a kaiju movie on here. Really? At least I consider it one. Okay, I've got a guess. Okay, okay, I'll stop giving hints. All right, what you got? One we watched together, The Baba Duke. Yes! Yes! <laughs> That's on the list, number 12. That deserves it, I think. I love that movie. I still haven't seen that. You haven't seen it yet? Man, I didn't have a word for social horror until I saw The Baba Duke. <laughs> <laughs> That's the movie Fox uh, let out a horrified groan yeah. as The Baba Duke waltzed down the hall. I gotta say, until I saw Hereditary, that was my scariest movie of all time. I heard that moan and came out of my room when I heard it because I was working on stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna riff off Dan's last guess here. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh no, not quite. Ah. You guys are on the right track with that, though. I'll just say that much. That's that's a good guess. I've I've obsessed with getting this old one based off a book is it frankenstein it's frankenstein thank god Uh, (laughs) number 14 is frankenstein that's a point we're starting to whittle away at this list all right mike what you got is sinister on that list nope nope dang yeah not a list of good horror movies just a list of uh (laughs) The best. Okay. That one with the outlier. I just gotta know because it's almost kind of irritating me just thinking that it could possibly <laughs> be this one. 
<laughs> and if it is, I feel like I'm just like done with the game. <laughs> it's not Invisible Man, is it? It's Invisible okay. Man. Okay, well, I, I think, I think I'm, just, I'm, I'm good. You can just ask these other guys. Like, oh my God. Oh, jeez. You've got to be kidding me. The Exorcist isn't on here, but Invisible Man, the contemporary. It is the contemporary, right? Yeah, it's the newest one. It's the newest <laughs> that one. That one was great. That was great. I, I wouldn't consider it a horror film. That one's more of like a, a thriller. All right, TV. So he said that there's a sequel to the old one based on the book, right? Is I did. It? Is yeah. it Bride of Frankenstein? <laughs> it is, number 11. Yeah. That's the point for Dan. The Bride of Frankenstein. I need to see that one still. Okay, I'm going to reveal where this list is. Maybe it will help you. This is on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> this is a Rotten Tomatoes list. I, I figured it was probably on a, on a critic site. So yeah, I don't know if that helps you or not. I'm not exactly sure how they ca- calculated these scores. I think they like had to adjust it for something or another. But because yeah, the number of critics that review can influence. Like that one I like, Last Shift has a hundred percent on there, but it's only been reviewed by twelve people. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure how their system works because yeah, there's a, some like the, the percentages are not lining up with the number one spots and in, in order. <laughs> oh, maybe it's like a combination of box office and reviews. Oh, that could be, yeah. How many are left? Can I ask? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's it. Just seven left. Oh, we got more than I thought. Just seven. How about halfway done? Hmm. Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know. You guys have covered all the, like, classic monsters. There's one more I've got. Wait, you've got another one? I'm out. There's a few more classic monsters we haven't mentioned yet. Want me to give some more hints? Yeah, let's give some more hints. Okay, I'm gonna start. I'll give the years that these came out. How's that? Maybe that's helpful. Okay. 2019. Oh my. 2018. 1975. 1933. 1979, 2019, 2017, and there they are. I don't know if that's helpful. Two from 2019, huh? Yeah, it's a great year, apparently. I don't know. There's there's a classic that I'm surprised you guys haven't guessed yet. I'll say that much too. Um, that was perhaps guessed in our last draft at one point. Let the right one in. I'm gonna guess that. That's number 17. You're so close to being in the no. top 15. So I'm close. at the list. Yeah, it's pretty high up on the list. But not quite. Okay, you said 2019. The last movie I can think of that all four of us attended together was The Lighthouse. You got it. Number 13 on the list. What? This is, this is just a bizarre freaking list. This is just madness. <laughs> I have an idea then. That's a good guess. You got it. Midsummer's not on there, is it? That came out in 2019. Is that your guess? Yeah, I'll guess it. Nope. Oh, <laughs> That's a good guess, though. Here's another hint. 
There's two on this list, and they're both by the same director. Who the the witch? Oh, such a good guess, but no. Oh, that was a good guess. I guess you probably can't tell us. We've already guessed one of the directors, but nope. I'll say. Oh, yeah. we haven't guessed nope. him yet. Actually, you know what? You said a kaiju movie that you consider a kaiju, right? Yep. Cloverfield. <gasps> nope, that's not it. Oh, do you consider that a kaiju movie TV? Yeah, of course. That's definitely a kaiju movie. Man, what's that other old one? It's not the seventh seal, is it? No, no, no. Good guess, though. Okay, I'm going to start giving very broad hints here. Um, Think sound. Think water. Think we reviewed it on the show. <laughs> That's not super helpful, but I'm going to say that for that one. Um, <laughs> think sci-fi. Think... I don't know how to describe this one exactly. Um, hmm... How would you say this? Think uh, societal horror, I guess. Ooh. Think. I, I've oh, got a guess. You got a guess? Okay. Us. The Jordan Peele. Us. That was the one I was having a hard time picking. Yeah, you got oh, it. There you go. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, I love that movie. That's three points for Mike. Number four on the list. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out Jaws TV. Jaws, yep, there it is, the water movie. Oh, what a good guess. That's two points, that's number eight. I'm getting too stuck in conventional horror films, I suppose, for this list, but I'm gonna guess Alien, since you said sci-fi, and yep, I'm hoping that's the one it. I've been waiting for somebody to guess this whole time, Alien. I didn't think it would be on there with the other movies. <laughs> yeah, if The Exorcist is it, how could Alien be? Come on! <laughs> I love Alien, but The Exorcist is much scarier than Alien is. That's like your classic back-to-back -back double feature late night at the, you know, the old-timey retro theater. Jeez. Somebody just got it. I'm glad. Good job. And we got four movies left. Has someone guessed King Kong? That's it. That's it. <laughs> These classic <laughs> monsters. Oh, dang. The old one from 1933, King Kong. The kaiju movie, huh? Yep. Nice. Yep. I kind of forget the years we have left TV, but uh, you, you keep saying sound. You? Oh, I guess if you don't mind telling me, what do we got? I mean, I said it before. We got 2018 and we got 2017. Those are the last two. All right. You're saying sound. I got two movies in mind that can be, but I'm going to start with A Quiet Place. That's it. That's the sound one for two points. I mean, I love John Krasinski, but that movie blows. That movie is awesome. <laughs> Are you kidding? I, I, haven't, I haven't seen that one either. Hmm. Okay. So there's one left, huh? Yep. What's, what's the hints for it? It's from 2017, um, and it's the, another movie on this list was directed by the same guy. Ooh, I've got an idea. I've got no idea what it would be. I don't remember 2017 movies. What what are all the movies we've, <laughs> we've gotten so far? Oh, okay. I'll list them real quick. So we've got Hereditary, Frankenstein, The Lighthouse, The Babadook, Bride of Frankenstein, Invisible Man, A Quiet Place, Jaws, Nosferatu, King Kong, Alien, 
us, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, and Psycho. It's not Get Out, is it? You got it. Number two. (laughs) Jeez. That wasn't that scary. It is good, though. I would put it on a list. You finally have done it. What a crazy list. That is a bizarre list, man. <laughs> it was. I, didn't, I thought you guys would get this quick, but dang. That was it is. It's such a big, like, uh, maybe I should have just done, like, a bigger, like, sample of it, you know? Because maybe that would have been better. It was kind of fun to revisit some titles and remember some things. I was stuck in the conventional horror films. So yeah, that's why me too. <laughs> for too long. I had to, to stretch my brain to think of some others. Yep, there you go. The top 15 of all the best horror movies of all time, according to Ron Tomatoes. Oh, yeah, here's the points. I guess I should tell you who won this. Yeah, uh, who won this battle? So in third place, we've got Mike with seven points. In second place, we've got Dan with 10 points. Ooh. And in third place, we got... Fox with 13 points. Nice. He's done it. He's done it. He won his round. He did. And on the list with Invisible Man of all the times. (laughs) (laughs) You got it. You guessed it. You guessed it. Pretty sure I've got last place every time until now. Yeah, I know. So this is your epic comeback. You got most of the like early ones, like in the beginning of the, like number one, two, three, four, five. I think you got a lot of those, so. But what are we doing next, guys? Mike's the king of Halloween. He, he is. Oh, he games. should get to pick. Yeah, he's the king. Ooh. I think we got one more movie for October. You don't even have to do a slasher. You could pick any horror movie you want for the king as you've been crowned king. You won the most. What's your heart's deepest desire, Mike? Malignant. Ooh. I like some James Wan. <laughs> I'm very excited to talk about this movie. The Pumpkin King has spoken. I have thought about this movie a lot. I won't say if it was for good or for bad, but I have definitely (laughs) thought about this movie, so I'll be happy to revisit it. It's also a streaming release, kind of a mix-up for uh, a lot of the newer stuff we've done, seen. Yeah, yeah, very modern. We don't really watch a lot of straight to, like, right when they come out, you know? (laughs) So, hey, any, I mean, in retrospect, we record these like a month in advance, so it's still going to come out. What? Later. what? Yeah, our secret. It won't be on HBO <laughs> find Max out. anymore when this yeah, comes but, out. Hey, you know what? <laughs> the people who wanted to see it will have seen it already, so they had that chance. But uh, in the meantime, if any of you listeners want to get in contact with us, let us know your thoughts about opera, the movie. Oh yeah, well both. Honestly, <laughs> do you like the movie? Do you like opera in general? Ooh, should run the real review opera? Oh my god, that'd be amazing. At the opera with Runda Real. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, if you got any recommendations for good operas, let us know. Um, but yeah, just hit us up on Facebook or Twitter at Run the Real, or you can email us at runtherealpodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Man, that could be like a Marx Brothers special. The Run the Real goes to the opera. In fact, I'm pretty sure the Marx Brothers go to the opera. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. There was no subtitles. I had no idea what they were saying. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll just throw this out here, too, while we're here. in the schedule, you might, if you're you're not tired of me already, I will be guesting on another podcast if you're. (gasps) curious at all um it's called the pop-up film cast 
I'm going to be, I think, on their Halloween episode. So, which what podcast? The Pop Up Film Cast. We have a scheduled. We record in advance, so as, as long as everything works out fine, then that episode should come out around this episode. So if you're curious at all, keep your eyes peeled. I've been on there a couple times, too, so if you just look up... Heck or yeah. look up Pop-Up Film Cast and Terry, you'll probably find my episode, so... Totally. Shout out to the guys at Pop-Up Film Cast. Yeah, check them out. Do it, yeah. Be sure to check them out. And yeah, thanks for listening to us tonight. We really appreciate it. This is Run The Real, signing off. Thank you.